TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Odyssey celebrates Father's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. This is the Rusk Report, a program that takes an inside look at Western New York with news, features, and special guests. Now, here's your host, Brian Rusk. Back by popular demand on the Bet 1520, we have one of the greatest corporate leaders in America with us today, John K. Castle, Chairman and Chief Executive Officer of the Castle Harlan, Inc., Chairman of Branford Castle, Inc., and Co-Founder of Castle Connolly Medical. Regarding Castle Connolly Medical Limited, this is historically plus published New York's Top Doctors and America's Top Doctors. Castle Connolly was sold to Everyday Health Group in 2018. With his expertise in science, mathematics, and economics, John Castle co-founded the institutional private equity market in the late 1960s. Throughout his career, he has been the owner and controller of the following corporations. Delaware Management, Ethan Allen, Ames, True Temper, and several restaurant chains, including Perkins, Marie Collender's, and Morton Steakhouses. A real dynamo. You've probably seen him on Fox internationally when their economic uh, trends taking place. A very gifted man, a motivator, a real go-getter, a good role model for people in business. And today we're going to be talking about the trucking problem, supply chain, why we can't get products, uh, why things are not on the shelf. So let's first start talking regarding the supply chain problem. What exactly is the problem, John K. Castle? Well, Brian, as you know, um, um, of course, I'm involved in many, many businesses, but uh, because of those businesses, I uh, have a few hundred truck drivers from time to time. And as you know, right now, uh, the country's going through a supply chain crisis, uh, a situation where uh, goods are not being delivered promptly and so forth, where store shelves are empty. Um, all of this is probably uh, fostering somewhat more inflation than would uh, normally be necessary. And, um, of course, uh, the administration, uh, the Biden administration, has done essentially nothing about this. Uh, uh, The uh, Secretary of Transportation has spent a few hundred million dollars um, or or dedicated a few hundred million dollars to improving ports and so forth. But overwhelmingly, one of the biggest problems is trucking. Um, And uh, according to the... American Trucking Association, there may be as few as many as 80,000 drivers more needed or whatever, and uh, the administration has done nothing about facilitating uh, that, getting additional truck drivers uh, that could help um, in terms of uh, ameliorating this uh, particular crisis, this particular problem. 
from my point of view, there are a bunch of things that could be done that are very simple, not not complicated uh, things that could be done uh, within literally within hours that would uh, greatly help uh, this situation. One is, as you know, truck drivers can only drive 11 hours a day, and uh, after that, they have to take an extended rest period and so forth. Well, if you simply increase that 11 hours a day to 12 hours a day, it would be the equivalent of adding over 300,000 additional truck drivers because there are 3.5 million truck drivers in the United States. If you let them drive an extra one hour, it's a 9% increase of their capacity. Um, that simple act could uh, could uh, ameliorate all of this issue uh, so that... Um, uh, and it's uh, yes, there's a little bit of a safety. You know, it isn't quite as safe for a driver driving 12 hours or 11 hours, but we have kind of a national crisis, and so let's why not deal with it. Other things that could be done is uh, currently uh, drivers between the ages of 18 and 21 are not permitted to go into interstate uh, 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 trucking. Uh, they're not permitted to cross state lines. But we have an emergency right now. Uh, there are 12 million individuals between the ages of 18 and 21. If just 1% of those people decided to become truck drivers and could drive an interstate, it's an extra 122,000 truck drivers. That alone would solve this particular problem that uh, the administration is confronted with, uh, a shortage of 80,000 drivers. And, and I'm sure out of... Um, you know, there are no doubt some crazy kids between 18 and 21, but there are an awful lot of them that are sensible, sound people and uh, would be perfectly uh, capable truck drivers. Um, you know, antithetically, uh, uh, in the military, I think probably all the truck drivers are between the ages of 18 and 21. And um, and um, I'm certain that there are, you, you could find a lot of excellent truck drivers in that particular category and that particular age group. Um, another another thing that uh, the administration just seems to constantly get in its own way, they've imposed a lot of restrictions on uh, truck drivers coming over international borders uh, because those drivers don't have COVID vaccinations and aren't wearing masks. And um, there, there are certainly tens of thousands of drivers who have not been permitted to come in from Mexico and some perhaps from Canada. Uh, now, I realize that, uh, you know, I personally think it would be better if they got COVID vaccinations, and I think it would be better if, maybe if they wore masks. But in the cabin of their truck, it's hard to see how they're going to infect a lot of people um, in, in terms of driving over borders. So that that's another thing that... Uh, uh, that uh, uh, could facilitate uh, relieving this particular problem in our country. And then I just mentioned uh, one other thing, and that is uh, uh, parking. Apparently, uh, there's an inadequate number of places for long-haul truck drivers to park, and um, they find that they have to spend a considerable amount of time um, uh, looking for places to park and um and, um, and um, for instance, if you simply said, okay, well, on interstate highways for the mile after an exit, uh, truck drivers could pull over in the, uh, 
uh, on the side and uh, a park. That would dramatically relieve that particular problem, too. And there are reports of truck drivers spending as much as an hour driving around uh, because they can't find a place to park. And um, so, anyway, that, those are four things that could be done that would solve this problem almost immediately. Uh, I don't believe they would require any congressional legislation. Um, all they'd have to do is for Pete uh, Buttigieg uh, to, to say, okay, well, we're going to relax these four rules uh, for the duration of this crisis. And... Um, and uh, almost immediately, you could uh, dramatically uh, uh, reduce this particular problem. So it's one of those things that uh, um, they uh, simple solutions, and uh, they're failing to do that, failing to um, um, uh, be responsive. And, uh, and uh, it's like so many other things this administration has done, where they, uh, uh, you know, where they uh, reduce the of oil and the OG price of gasoline's gone up. You know, right. they don't seem to understand the consequences. So that's uh, those are some thoughts that I have, Brian, on this particular matter, and one that uh, I think uh, could be uh, uh, executed on quite easily. We are getting a common sense approach to a difficult uh, problem with the uh, trucking situation in the U.S. and Canada. And at the time of this taping, we're hearing all about the Canadian truckers uh, protesting in Ottawa and throughout Canada at the borders. Our guest is the chairman of the board of Castle Harlan, Inc. and Branford Castle, John K. Castle, uh, headquartered in New York City. If you're listening in Washington, Manhattan, Toronto, drop us a note. We'd like to hear from you to our 50,000 watts of clear channel power on the BET 1520 blanketing 17 states and much of Canada. Please write to Brian Rusk, the BET 1520, 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Buffalo, New York, 14226. We always greet cards and letters from Canadian and European listeners as we have received at this station letters from Scandinavia and New Zealand. Special thanks to those who have called regarding our recent guests, Joseph Winter with the Niagara University Family Business Center, author Charles Todd, who's written over 20 mysteries uh, available throughout the world, and author Lawrence Lemer. Um, he has a new book out on the uh, Capote women regarding Truman Capote. Coming up, we'll have Erie County Sheriff John Garcia, Richard Earl, grandson of the famous Detroit designer Harley J. Earl, and William Doyle, author of the new book coming out, the Titan of the Senate of, and this is re recommended by John K. Castle. It's about a very dear friend of his, United States Senator Orrin Hatch. So stay tuned. A little uh, plug here. Western New Yorkers love their traditions, and the Ampol Legal has been writing about Polish-American traditions and events for over 50 years. News and features from a Polish-American perspective can be found in this weekly newspaper, as well as recipes and a calendar of events. Don't miss out on the next cultural presentation or polka dance by reading the Ampol Eagle. The Ampol Legal is available in many Tops and Wegman stores. For home delivery, call 716-835-9454. That's 716-835-9454. To have the latest news from Poland and Polonia, 
in your mailbox each week. A little bit more information about John K. Castle. He's also served as a director of the Equitable Life Assurance Society of the U.S. In 86, he launched Castle Harlan. Prior to that, he was president and CEO of Donaldson, Lufkin, and Jen Rett and a director of the Equitable Life Assurance Society of the United States. A real role model for young people thinking of a corporate career or in banking or finance, uh, a man of tremendous integrity, John K. Castle. Let's talk a little bit more about how the trucking problem relates to empty shelves. If you can go a little bit more into depth when you can't get these young truckers working and you don't get the food on the shelves. Could you follow that chain? Well, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, it's clear that uh, at this point in time that there are um, uh, inadequate numbers of truck miles that are being driven uh, uh, to provide uh, for all of our requirements, whether it's food on the shelf uh, or uh, or other products and so forth. And that among the things that are affecting our inflation uh, in the United States, this is one of the most important because uh, if there's a shortage of supply, obviously prices go up. As we all know, uh, the price of things is a function of uh, supply and demand, and if you have a given amount of demand and there's inadequate supply, that that results in increasing prices. There's also situations, uh, for instance, where we're all aware of the fact that there are many ships that are backed up in ports, uh, places like uh, Long, uh, Long Beach in California, uh, Los Angeles, the port of Los Angeles, and so forth. And in many cases, apparently that backup is not due to the ability to unload ships, but rather the, the fact that they don't have any place to put the containers after they unload them, because the trucks haven't shown up to pick up the containers and move them out and, and get them uh, uh, circulated around the country. And so the trucking situation is creating part of the problem uh, in terms of uh, the situation of the various ports that we have. Um, and it's uh, uh, clearly a shortage of anything is a result in a, uh, 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 in a likelihood that the price of those items go up. And as, as I've said, I think that what I've outlined here are four things that could be done that are very simple, um, and ones that um, uh, you could, um, uh, that uh, the, the Secretary of Transportation could implement in, in a very short period of time and, um, and, uh, and, and would cure a significant amount of this problem. Um, he has even more flexibility. You know, they could let drivers drive 13 hours instead of 12 hours, <laughs> and that would result in an 18% increase in the uh, trucking capacity within the United States. And um, so, uh, you know, it, 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 a little bit of imagination and so forth, uh, these are things that could be done. Uh, you could uh, execute on it today, and uh, within two days, uh, they could, you could be getting some relief from this uh, throughout the country. So um, that's, uh, uh, you know, how I see the situation, and 
And I think it's kind of, I guess if you're a Democrat, you want to spend more money, and therefore they've figured out how to spend a few hundred million more on ports. But this is something that could be done at essentially no cost to uh, to the federal government. It would be a few sheets of paper and, a, uh, and sending out a, a, a notice to the public. Pretty simple, right, Brian? Yes, sir. Let's talk about the safety issue. Uh, so we're talking about reducing the requirement from 21 years of age to 18 for commercial trucking. Uh, is there any safety matter here? I mean, a mature well, 18-year-old? You know, clearly there's the possibility that uh, that uh, uh, you can have certain wild drivers. On the other hand, I think there, if, if one goes through the process of recruiting carefully, you're going to find that there are a significant number of very serious uh, young people between the ages of 18 and 21. Um, you know, most of our military is is made up of people between 18 and 21, kids who uh, get out of high school don't have an obvious uh, opportunity for, for uh, you know, college doesn't look like it's part of their career and so forth, but uh, they are uh, able to, um, uh, they go into the military, they join the Navy, join the Army, whatever, and, uh, and uh, yes, you have to pick the serious ones, the people who appear to be conscientious and so forth, but I'm confident that there's out of that uh, 12 million kids between 18 and 21, I'm confident that there's 120,000 of them that are very serious. I relate to a story. Um, uh, I went to MIT, and uh, uh, I had a professor in economics at MIT, mm-hmm. and uh, that particular professor uh, put himself through college by being a truck driver. And, uh, you know, he ultimately aspired to much higher things, but but um, the fact that he was able to become a truck driver, and that was during the Depression, the Great Depression, he was able to become a truck driver and, and make enough money to get himself through school. And it may be that um, today that um, for a lot of young people, uh, being able to drive a truck, um, making 60000 $70,000 a year driving a truck might be the basis upon which um, they get incremental income that they need to um, uh, to go to school, pay for tuition, things of that nature, uh, perhaps pay for, to help support their own families, um, uh, their parents and others. Um, uh, so um, it, uh, uh, I'm, I'm highly confident that there are a lot of very serious-minded uh, conscientious kids who are between the 18 and 21 who could safely drive a truck. Now, there are no doubt a few maniacs too, but uh, we don't we don't want to hire them. We're going to try to hire the ones that are serious. <laughs> well, we'll talk more about safety in just a moment for those who've just tuned in to the Bet 1520. If you're listening in Buffalo, New York, uh, Montreal or northern Florida, drop us a note. We'd like to hear from you. Please write to Brian Rusk, The Rusk Report, The Bet 1520, 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Buffalo, New York, 14226. Again, we always greet cards and letters from our Canadian and European listeners. A little bit more information about John K. Castle. In 1969, as chairman of DJ, 
DLJ's Merchant Banking and Sprout Group. John Castle was a pioneer in the promotion of the use of limited partnerships as a mean means for pension funds and other large institutions to invest private capital into companies. In 2015, Castle was the recipient of the 2015 Peter Hilton Founders Award. In, he was the 2017 Happy Warrior Award recipient for the Alfred E. Smith Memorial Foundation, which was on international television. A great role model in uh, finance and banking, John K. Castle. Let's talk about breaks. I once a year drive down to Florida and leave a car down there, and I drive back between Florida and Buffalo, New York, and I take breaks. If a couple after a couple hours I'm a little tired, I take a brief nap, and then I have the energy with a good meal to go another five or ten hours. What's wrong with these uh, drivers if they're 18 to 21, working an extra hour and uh, taking naps as needed uh, to be safe? Doesn't it make sense? Oh, uh, absolutely. And of course, actually, all of the truck drivers, even the ones 21 and older. Um, uh, you know, are limited to currently limited to eleven hours a day, and uh, and uh, I think with a little break, uh, you get out. Um, of course, you have to refuel periodically and uh, uh, get a, uh, a little a little break. Uh, you can take a little food and so forth. Um, there are certainly many many instances of when uh, young people uh, and, and mature people can wor- uh, drive for more than 12 hours a day. I, as a college student, I remember driving uh, 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 through Buffalo yeah. and, and uh, driving to my home in the Midwest and, uh, you know, middle, uh, in many, many cases, uh, uh, driving for lots more than just 11 hours. And um, clearly, um, you, you, there's no reason why uh, using a little bit of precaution that people can't safely drive for a somewhat longer period of time. There may be also instances, uh, Brian, where uh, you can have an experienced driver, a driver who's uh, um, been on the road for a long time, and that experienced driver may uh, uh, kind of lead a couple of three other trucks Mm -hmm. which have younger drivers in them, uh, but they can travel as kind of a a, a caravan um, uh, together. And... um, and and be coordinated together and so forth, and you have the benefit of the more experienced driver um, uh, leading the way, um, and uh, the uh, younger, less experienced drivers following. But if you're taking Interstate 90 uh, from Buffalo to um, uh, Chicago, right? <laughs> you don't necessarily have to stop at a lot of red lights or anything like that. You can. Right. Make sure you don't hit the car ahead of you. But other than that, that's kind of kind of your you know. If you can apply the brakes, you'll probably be okay. Um, and um, so um, you know, there, there's a certain element of training, obviously, in driving a large truck and and so forth. And and um, uh, I think I've done it once or twice. Um, but uh, I'm not sure I would want to go out and get an 18-wheeler right today and go zipping off. But 
uh, uh, I, I'm certain with a little bit of training, I could be uh, I could be a perfectly safe driver uh, uh, on the, on my way across the country. Very good. Uh, we have about four minutes left on the on the Rusk report on the bet fifteen twenty, blanketing seventeen states in Canada. We uh, taped it. Your suggestion, the author of the Titan of the Senate. William Doyle, of your very close and dear uh, personal friend, United States Senator Orrin Hatch. You know him inside and out uh, for the last four decades. Uh, tell us what you think about U.S. Senator Orrin Hatch. Well, I think uh, Orrin Hatch was one of the really great United States senators. Uh, he was the longest-serving Republican senator in the history of the United States. I said the longest-serving mm-hmm. in the history of the United States. And, you know, he, he uh, even though he would be deemed to be a conservative, and he was, of course, a Mormon and so forth, uh, he um, uh, he did important things for for all kinds of constituents in our country. Um, his uh, The legislation that he uh, got passed with re- respect to religious freedom um, was very important uh, in, in protecting our religious freedom. Uh, he was very important in helping protect the disabled. The fact that we have cuts in the curbs when you when you go out to, out on the street, there's a cut in the curb, right? Uh, so that you can get your wheelchair over and so forth. That's Orrin Hatch. He did that, and um, so he did a great many thing wonderful things for the disabled. Um, he uh, it was a, a, a important proponent of getting health insurance for children, and um, and. Um, uh, that, that particular legislation very very important, and although he he was as straight as a man could be, uh, he said, you know, the gays they have this problem with HIV and it's really important, and uh, he um, he is critical to having got the legislation passed that permitted the research that have come up with the various um, therapies that can be used to protect uh, people from HIV. Um, and um, curiously, even though Warren Hatch was uh, this conservative Republican from Utah, uh, he had a uh, very close working relationship with Teddy Kennedy. And whenever Warren Hatch, the Republican, and Teddy Kennedy, the Democrat, got behind a piece of legislation, it passed. <laughs> that that uh, ensured its passage, and uh, and uh, on the, the four subjects that I mentioned: uh, religious freedom, disabled, uh, the health insurance for children and gays, as well as lots and lots of other very very important things. Um, uh, Orrin Hatch uh, was uh, was fundamental in getting those uh, that legislation passed, and he. Uh,
I'm sorry and, we uh, have to bring the program to a close. We've learned a great deal from the wisdom of a great corporate and business and banking leader, John K. Castle. We learned about the need today to lower the age for commercial truck drivers from 21 to 18 from John K. Castle. Special thanks to our director of production, Kevin Carr, for the last 15 years. Thank you for enlightening us, business leader John K. Castle. Have a great week. Okay. Thank you, Brian. You've been listening to The Rusk Report, a program that takes an inside look at the Western New York community with news, features, and special guests. If you have any comments or suggestions, please write to Brian Rusk, 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Amherst, New York, 14226. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Odyssey celebrates the class of 2024, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. 